Tonight I'm excited to share with you guys. If you guys have a Bible, we're going to be looking at Matthew 13. So you guys can go ahead and turn there. We have new Bibles coming. I don't know, do we have them by chance here tonight? I don't know, someone yell, maybe? Not yet, they're on their way though. So we're getting a ton of Bibles. If you don't own a Bible, we will give you one. All we need to do is just let, you know, let us know and you guys can take it. So those will be here next week. And uh, so we're going to look at the word tonight out of Matthew 13. And let's just, uh, let's just pray. Lord, right now, God, we just pray that you would speak, God, your word and truth. Lord, we're not here to have just a, a, a fun little time, God, of just making ourselves feel better. Lord, we're here to hear from you. We're here to understand your word. Lord, we're here to have throne room intelligence and wisdom bestowed upon our group. Lord, allow me to be your mouthpiece just for a few moments, Jesus. God, that nothing would come of my mind or my words, but Jesus, that you would speak through us, speak through the text. God, remove all flesh and every single human institution. Lord, right now, we're here to hear from you. We're here to understand your word. We're here to apply it and to be transformed by it. So Jesus, right now, we open your word. We seek it and we apply its truth and power. Amen. Matthew 13. Verse one, I think we have it up here on the, uh, the screens too. I can get my little thing here. Verse one, it says, on that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea and great multitudes gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole multitude was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. And others fell upon the rocky places where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And the disciples came to him and said, why do you speak to them in parables? Right now, it's like, I love it when like a little bit of us jumps in the text. Can you get it? Like Jesus is here. Thousands of people come on the shores. The disciples are like, oh, here comes homeboy, you know? And like they're getting ready. Everyone's like listening. And Jesus gives like this like weird parable about a seed. And can you like sense right now like the disciples are like, out of all the things you can say, could you just like not like tell them about like heaven or something? Like say something religious. And they're like, really, do you have to speak in parables? Honestly? And here's what Jesus says. And answered and said to them, to you, everyone say you, to you it has been granted to know, everyone say know, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him shall more be given, and he shall have an abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has, shall be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because while seeing, they do not see, and while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. 
And in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of the people has become dull, and with their ears they scarcely hear. And they have closed their eyes, lest they should be lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. The whole entire summary right here is Jesus is saying, look, Just because you listen doesn't mean you actually hear. Just because you see doesn't mean you actually understand and perceive what's going on. And the truth is here in this, is that you can be in the presence of God. You can be in his very presence and not be affected. You could be right here and we could have crazy things like just crazy presence. God can just like move. People can just be rocked. Like that, you know. Speaking of God doing crazy things, right? By the way, this does nothing to do with what's going on tonight, so I don't know why that's up there. Another ministry. But you can be in the presence, you can be in the crazy thing where stuff's going on, and you can remain unaffected. There's no guarantee that when you go to a corporate move of God and experience God in crazy places, this is awesome, that you will be affected by it. Just because you attend doesn't mean squat. Just because you saw doesn't mean squat. And we can easily, in our Christian walk, we can confuse being in an environment like this, and we can easily confuse our Christian walk with emotional entertainment. Every single one of us, we can look at at Christendom and, and all that Jesus says and all the Bible says, and we can confuse it for an emotion. We can confuse it with an experience and never be affected by it, amen? But God did not intend us for an experience. God did not intend you and I to give us the Holy Spirit to put his presence in us and just have us have emotional highs and lows. Mm -mm. Jesus has promised us a deposit. He promises us that we will be affected when we allow ourselves to be affected. And it's an exciting time in our ministry right now. There's been more things going on in this room, in your lives, than ever before. Multitudes more than we've ever seen. It's the most exciting time I've ever been in my entire life. And it's living among such powerful things that, that many of you guys are experiencing. Last week I woke up and I was just like overjoyed about what's going on here. And it's not because, you know, we have lights. I mean, those things are cool that, you know, have mind of their own and all that stuff. But it's because what, what, how people are being affected by the living God. How, how many of you guys get excited when you see God totally move in someone's heart and their life? And you're just like, I don't even know who you are. It's exciting. And the truth is that, that when the Lord does something, he's entrusting us. He is investing a little something into us. Just because I write you a check and I say, go invest this, doesn't mean you're gonna go invest it, right? There actually has to be a part where you become the investor. You take what has been given to you and you go and put it to work. 
And so God can do all sorts of things. He can give you the most powerful truth. He can rock your heart. He can bring you to tears. He can bring you to your knees. He can do crazy, crazy things. But unless you decide that you're going to do something with that and be affected by it, it really doesn't have a whole lot of meaning and substance to it. It might make you feel good for a moment. But you'll find yourself again craving that emotional high. And we have a challenge here that many of us, we, we go from high point to high point, right? We go from season to season where maybe, maybe we, we really feel that God was really present, maybe God really spoke, maybe he really revealed himself, and then we go through like a lull season, and we long for the times to go back up. We long for that move. I'm telling you guys that that's not normal. It's not normal. And you know why? It's because every single time you go from that high to that low, you become a little more callous, a little more disbelieving, you become a little less affected by it every single time. It's gonna take a larger move of God, it's gonna take a larger exposure to bring you back there. And so what happens is we have an erosion of our faith. If we don't, get, if, if we don't hear, man, the, our favorite teacher or speaker or whatever, then we're like, oh, bummed, you know? I went this weekend to one of my favorite churches where I, where I went to church in, in college, and you know, like the, the senior pastor there, he's, he's awesome. And he wasn't speaking at that Sunday service. I was like, darn it. But isn't that how kind of we are? Like, as soon as our expectation doesn't appear to be met, we like lower our expectations. We're like, oh, well, this guy better not stink, you know? And it was hard because I had to suddenly change my expectation that, Lord, you're here. You're here. Whether that's my favorite teacher or not, you're here. And I get to choose whether I'm going to take what has been given to me by this guy and be affected by it, be affected by the worship. If you're with me, say amen. amen. When God gives you something, when God moves in your heart, when someone prays for you, they have a picture, they have a word, something like that. It doesn't matter. Whenever God is around something, you now have a responsibility. God freely gives. He freely gives you his presence. He freely bestows. But you know what? God is also an investor. He wants to know who's going to invest what he's entrusting to you. So it says that those who have more will be given. It's because God is looking for the harvest. He's looking for a return on what he's given us here. He's looking to your life. He's looking as, as he's moving in you. He's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to radically move in your heart tonight. Now, what are you going to do with it? I'm not asking for you to build a church. I'm not asking you to go and, and preach to your entire family. I'm just asking you, were you affected by it? That's the, the fundamental truth here. Are you being affected by the smallest encounters because when we have nights like last week and with Havel and what's coming next week and with Chris and Kim, we can bring everybody on earth here. We can bring the best of the best. But it's your choice to be affected by it. And what happens after that? You know, we meet on church on, on Thursday nights together, but what happens between now and next week or whenever else you fellowship, there's, there's application that comes. Let's continue on Chapter 13, verse 18. So this is, this is right here is where the disciples are clearly miffed that a great sermon opportunity was just blown. You know, like you talked about a seed. So this is what Jesus says about this. He says, hear then the parable of the sower. He's like, because you didn't catch it the first time, I'm going to dumb it down a little bit. 
says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, everyone say word, the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. What has been sown in his heart, this is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. Now some scholars, I, I got a disclaimer here, I didn't go to seminary. I'm just a schmuck with a microphone and a Bible. <laughs> That's right. My first time I ever said that, I got a huge amen from Brittany somewhere, and it was like really awesome. Some scholars will look at this, and they actually, they're, they're thinking about the gospel here. They're thinking about salvation in this text, and I do believe that that can be true as we look at this. And actually, just let me read the rest of this. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. What has been sown in his heart, messing that up, this is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. And the one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Almost every commentary you'll read about this is going to talk about salvation. I don't think it applies to salvation. Why? Because it talks about someone receiving the word. Jesus said in John 1.12, he says, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I don't believe that when Jesus says, no one will be able to snatch them out of my hand after they've received me, that it means that this person can fall away. This is clearly showing fruitfulness. Jesus didn't come to save you so that you would be really religiously productive. He came so you'd have salvation. So I look at this text and I see the harvest is at stake all through here. So it says the word of the kingdom in verse 19. When you hear the word of the kingdom, when the presence of God, when the word of God, when a prayer, when your heart stirs, when you wake up at night, when you wake up in the morning, when those times, I believe that's the word of the kingdom. I believe this passage has context for that. So what does it say? Anyone, in verse 19, anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. And the first thing we need to know, and, and here are just maybe four suggestions for how we, we don't blow it, right? When, when God does something awesome in us, how do we not blow it? How do we like steward that, protect that, grow that? Here's the first one. Understand the importance of understanding. Understand the importance of understanding. When God does something in your life, I don't care what it is, we are called to understand it. We don't need to understand heaven or how is there no end and no beginning. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about do we understand what was said? Do we understand what it, our heart is stirred? Do we understand what is present? Do we, do we really understand that that was God? Because the first step is that we acknowledge, we understand. Because if you remember back here, what was it, verse, uh, verse 11, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom. We have no excuse not to know. Remember a couple weeks ago, 
we have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2. Ephesians 1.9 says, he made known the mystery of his will according to his kind intention which he purposed in him. Ephesians reference, right, Sean? It's awesome. Anytime we have an Ephesians reference, it's like Sean Lawrence time. <laughs> but the point is, your spiritual DNA, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he has given you the keys for understanding. So when God moves, when he stirs your heart, when it doesn't matter if it's small or large, he has given you capacity to have understanding. Why? Because he knows that, that if we don't have understanding, then there can be confusion. You're only confused about God. You're only confused about his will. You're only confused about the kingdom because you don't have understanding. We're not talking about seminary. We're not talking about biblical knowledge. We're not talking about memorization. It's clear understanding, God, what was your exact purpose for me in this? Lord, reveal it. And we don't hide behind the whole thing like, I don't know, I, I'm just not that spiritual. I need a pastor. Uh-uh. You have the mind of Christ. You've been granted the ability to understand his will. You've been granted the keys to the mysteries. It's awesome. Factory defaults, remember? Someone say amen. amen. So it is God's explicit will that you have understanding for every single thing that happens in you. That doesn't mean that you have crazy, uh, uh, just, you know, vision, like it's not, not like you can foretell the future, things like that, but at least that you understand, okay, this is what was spoken, this is what it means for me, this is why it's significant, and it was from the kingdom, not from the wisdom of man. And you do something with it. And if we don't, if we don't understand it, we have to look to the promises of the Bible. First John 5.14 says, this is the confidence we can have before God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So you have something that your heart lights on fire. Maybe we're, we're, we're singing, we're worshiping, and you're just weeping, you have no idea why. Maybe you're brought to your knees something crazy. You have the authority and the confidence to ask God according to your will, which is that I would have understanding revealed to me what you're speaking. God has taken the entire weight of the universe, his whole entire promises of this book that you would know with a purpose for why he's stirring your heart. And the responsibility is on all of us. As a community, as a family here, each one of us have responsibility to another that each of us have understanding. There are so many crazy, awesome people in here. You guys are like my favorite in the world. Seriously. Like, I want to take a photo of you guys, you know, like... I just, I want this to like remain. And the reason is because I feel I can go up to any one of you guys and I can say my heart is on this. I was with Sean a few nights ago and I was like, Sean, this is what my heart is singing. This is what I'm worried about. And it's amazing because in the comfort and the counsel and the wisdom of others, we also gain understanding. Because don't you know that, that there's, there's no senior pastor? There's the, the chief shepherd, which is Jesus. And all of us are just schmucks. We're, we're on the same playing field. There's one senior pastor and it's not me. It's Jesus, and he's given each one of us the mind of Christ to share with another. So let's help each other. If you have something for somebody, an encouragement, share it. If someone comes to you and like, man, I need to understand you, like this Bible thing is crazy, be ready to share it. It doesn't need to be all crazy and, you know, well, let me get out the Greek and, you know, that stuff is it's garbage. Your life, 
Your life, what Jesus has done in you is all the authority you need. The Greek and stuff is cool. It makes you kind of feel important. Like I have a little Greek concordance back here and I can like, oh, the Greek on that says, you know, but that's, it gets, it's not real as, as much as your life is, as much as Jesus in you is. So know that the presence of God in you, in community with one another, has given you authority to give understanding to others. Let not one of us come here, be affected by God, not understand what's going on. Not understand what it is for you. It's his will, it's his purpose. We all have been equipped for it. We serve the chief shepherd and he's like, that's what I want. So the action is to seek understanding and personal application when it happens. Every stirring of your heart, ask, Lord, what is the application here? The second thing is to be rooted, verse 20 and 21, check it out. It says, and the one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary, and when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. What does it mean to have roots? kind of means to be like established. It means that when, when we come and we are affected and we experience God, are we having a mindset that it's temporary or is it permanent? Is it temporary, is it just for this night, is it just for the, the emotional high or is this, is this something that, that God is really gonna move me? I don't know if you guys were, many of you guys were here for Havilah when she came and man, like, can I hear, like, were you here for Havilah? Crazy, right? Yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure we gave CDs to everybody who got a word, right? Someone say yes. Yes, all right, nice. But we know like those things are crazy, so we put them on CDs, not because it'd be a good memory, like, oh yeah, so this one lady came and just like totally rocked my house. I can't remember what she said, but I remember it's really good. You know, like that's not the point. It's not just like, wow, that really made me feel good inside and man, I'm a better person, doggone it. No, it's to understand, Lord, this is something, if this was from you, if the living God clarified, spoke through to whatever, revealed, stirred, it has eternal implications. I've never known God to have an expiration date on anything he's done, have you? And so when God's moving, we have to know like, this is, this is not just for tonight. There's something here that's redeemable, something that is meant f- to carry on. Something that is supposed to change the way I'm living, supposed to change my relationship. And so we need to, to get away from the, the hit and run kind of Christianity. Colossians 3.16 says this. It says, let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. Dwell. Let the move of God, like, let it dwell, like make it home. You know, like light a fire for it or something. You know, make it a drink, I don't know, something. <laughs> make it comfortable. Let, let the presence and the, the power of God be comfortable in you, let it dwell. It's, it's not meant to be a guest, it's meant to dwell. It's like permanently moving in. And then the second thing is, what are you doing when God stirs your life, when moves, what about the community that you're in? A lot of us, we go back to some kind of crazy communities and some homes and some friends and all those things. Who we hang out with and who we surround ourselves with matters. Can I get an amen? 
Who you spend your time with matters. What you put into your ears matters. And so as we talk about roots, it says that because there were no roots, meaning that it was just temporary, I also think that also the power of the roots is that we are in community among each other. Redwood trees, crazy, right? They're like 300 feet tall, 2,500 years old. It's crazy, right? Any one tree by itself on like a strong wind on the coast would just be done, totally done. But you have a whole forest, a whole forest of trees. There is a cumulative strength that goes between all of them. And the redwood trees, if you were to look down and take like a big cross section of, of the earth, you'll see that the roots intertwine. And so the strength does not come upon the girth of the, the one trunk. It's through the roots underground of the community of the forest, amen? So as we look here, all I see is roots. I see people as God encounters you, I see a fabric, a system, a, a, a weaving of roots to make you strong to weather the storms. Because it says when the times get rough because there's no roots, you fall. I'm telling you, you can be totally affected and rocked by God and if you leave, if you don't get planted in another root system that's there beside you, helping take on the winds with you, you're gonna have a rough time. Of course, I'm biased about this community, but it really is the best community I've ever been a part of. Amen. Amen. Get mad. <laughs> if you're a first-time guest here, if you're just checking it out, or maybe you've come a couple of times, please, 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 I don't care if you come on Thursdays, just live in community with us. There's so much stuff that happens after this night's over. There's so many amazing lives and those are the fabric of roots. I understand that school schedules and things can be crazy. It's not about attendance. I do not want anybody to be driven by attendance. I want people to be driven by being secured in roots because God can totally rock you and if you go out, the winds come, the heat comes, all that other stuff, you're going to be uprooted. And so the best thing that you can do for your faith is to be surrounded by others who are going to defend and fight for what God is doing in your life. Because if, if people are not fighting on your behalf, I mean, and let me commission each one of you guys that we fight on behalf of the hearts of each other. We live lives, we grow our personal relationships, but we fight on behalf of the hearts of each other. When a lie is against you, when you have brokenness in, in home and, and you have relationships, like we petition each other on behalf of each other's hearts because we're the roots. And so I, I, I encourage you guys Know that when the Lord moves, if you do not have people around you that are gonna strengthen you, be that cover, that support, you're gonna have a rough time. And that root, that seed, that word that the Lord is giving you is gonna have a rough time at surviving it. First Corinthians 5.13 says this, I love it. It says, do not be deceived, meaning that there is a counter idea. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Amen? So be committed to the permanency of what God does in you. And also be committed to a fabric and a root system, a community of those who are gonna fight on your behalf. Third, ready your mind. Ready your mind. Verse 22 says this. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and the word becomes unfruitful. 
Simple truth that I will never forget. If you, if you don't get anything tonight, please just get this. It's this one thing. Whenever God does something in your life, there will be a battle for your mind. Whenever God does anything, worship song, your heart's all woo, whatever, there will always be a battle for your mind that shortly ensues. Because the enemy knows that the, the war is not won by trying to like toss things out. The war is, is to, to get you to think differently, to begin to question, to begin to worry, to begin to have anxiety. That's where the battle is won. So be ready with your mind. Be ready with your mind that when the Lord moves, that, that your mind is, is set. You're like, that is Jesus, that is his presence, that is for me, that is for now, that is for eternity. You have a permanency to it. Because when we start to question, was it real, or did God really hear me, or do I really have victory? When, when the enemy can get us into introspection and over-questioning it, and like, oh man, I just really need to think about this. He's got you. Jesus said this, he said, my what I give you. I didn't say what, I'm asking you guys. My what I give you. Yeah, my peace. My peace I give you. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts, never say let. Everyone say let. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. It means that you have to surrender. It means you have to voluntary, voluntarily participate. Let your hearts not be troubled. Peace is the fruit that he promises. So here's a clear indication. The absence of peace. The absence of peace is an indication of a battle for your mind. Any area that you do not have peace, there is a battle for your mind. Because Jesus says, He's the Prince of Peace, right? My peace I give you. So in every single area of our life, the manifestation of Jesus in us should be peace. We should have peace. It doesn't mean that we have a challenge to that. Of course we're gonna have a challenge, but when we're readied with our mind, we know how to address it. Let the absence of peace be an indication that there's a battle for your mind. Where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Where there's anxiety and fear, there's a lie. Where there is fear and anxiety in your life, there is a lie. We've been called by God to renew our minds, to think differently and to, to overcome all the things that come at us. Who's the father of lies? Satan. Satan, the father of lies, right? How do you empower a liar? By believing the liar. You empower a liar by believing his lies. Are you with me? You empower the liar by believing his lies. Where there's fear and anxiety and all those things, there's a lie present. And when you begin to agree with the lie, that is when you have all that fear and stuff that comes and starts rattling you. So the action here on, on the mind is be ready to answer the lies. Because at every turn, whenever God does something, there's gonna be a battle for your mind, it's gonna be filled with lies. Do not empower the liar by believing the lies, amen? Finally here, verse 23. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. 
Last thing, make yourself suitable. Make yourself suitable soil, if you will. You get to design the environment which God invests in. You're, you're the, the pot. God's gonna place a seed. He's gonna place his word. He's gonna place his presence. He's gonna do all sorts of great things. You get to decide what is containing around that pot and where that seed goes in. You decide it. And so that's why the text gives all these different scenarios. But I believe that we have the choice. If you don't like the community you're in right now, change it. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I thought there was more. But that, was, that was that truth right there. <laughs> if you don't like it, change it. There's nowhere that, that in the Bible God has said, well, you will have a crappy relationship with me for 30 years. He never said that. There's like a bunch of people in here, like you're like the old school Christian, you know, like you got saved in the womb, you know? And we can like go through our entire lives and, and, and we can really like kind of miss it. We can be like, yeah, I really know Jesus a lot. Like I know about him. But do I really know the power of his transformation? No. And Timothy says that in the last days, there'll be people that they're filled with all sorts of knowledge, but never coming to the understanding of the, the power. That they're, they're all smart. They're all like, you know, I got the whole Christian thing down, whatever the Christian thing is, but never accepting his power. Never being affected by it. Don't be one of those. Just because you've, you've you know, filled a calendar full of church activity things doesn't mean squat. You can spend your entire life in four walls and a steeple and completely miss the presence of God, amen? But you get to decide. When, when God stirs, you get to decide the environment that it stirs in. How? By understanding. By having roots. By fighting with your mind. Those are the, the three ingredients. You, have you ever bag, buy like a bag of soil? It's like, $80, you know, like you're remodeling your, your garden. You're like, what is in this thing? Gold dust, you know? It's like, it, it's just not dirt. You know, like it's got all these little pebbles and like the, the nutrients, the nitrates, the, you know, phosphates, the, you know, all that other stuff. It's a mixture designed for the maximum growth. You get to decide what kind of soil you are for that seed. You get to decide by the choices you make by the people you surround yourself with, by your willingness to seek out, to, to listen and to do something with the understanding of the word, you get to decide what kind of soil that is. And so when we do that, it says that there will be a harvest, a hundredfold, 60-fold, 30-fold. That's a lot. A hundredfold is not a small measure. It's radical. As the band comes up, and he's the, the band is a looser term <laughs> tonight, which is great. I love the acoustic sets. When we give God the soil, we can expect a great return. When we give God the soil, we can expect a great return. Know that we have personal decisions. We have personal abilities to influence how things are going to go. And if we stand at the end of eternity and we feel like we totally missed God, I don't think Jesus is gonna have a whole lot of compassion for you. You're like, 
man, like finally we really meet. Man, I, I, I tried for like 69 and a half years. I was there all along. He's like, I kept on speaking to you, but you acted like it was like the flu or indigestion. It's like, what else could I do? It's like, I kept on speaking to you. I kept on moving your heart, but you kept on skipping out on church. You kept on skipping out on the people who are like moving you and stirring you and, and encouraging you. Like you, you, you let go of the really good thing that was there and, and you never like gave any, any credence to the fabric that would hold you and strengthen you. And then he's gonna be like, man, I gave you all these times to, to see and to understand and I, I made myself most available to you at any moment, but your mind could not get over that it was something else. Your mind could not get over the lie that you were no good. Your mind could not get over that you don't hear and understand and experience the Lord. You couldn't get over that the living presence, the power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. It's like your mind couldn't overcome that. And so I, I believe that you're still saved, that you'll still be in heaven and it's all awesome. But man, we get to miss an eternity here on earth with Jesus. I don't want to do that. I want to know what it means to, to live in power and community. That, that is what I, I, I want. I'm experiencing and I see you guys experiencing. And we can't miss it when it's, when it's available to us. It's not like... Man, you gotta wear the secret underwear and the special robe, the special handshake to get all these different things. No, like God is like, it's freely accessible to all of us. But I really believe in here, we're gonna close with this, is, is that we get to choose our own destiny with Jesus. We get to choose our own, our own culture here. We get to choose what happens here. We get to choose a lot of things in our faith and, it, and the power of agreement when all of us come and we're saying, we're gonna encounter the Lord tonight. We're gonna worship him, we're gonna raise him up, we're gonna speak him, we're gonna proclaim the joy. When we mentally decide that is what's going to happen, it will happen, because we have the power of the choice, amen? Why don't we all stand and we're gonna sing just two songs here, and I just want you guys, as, as we have some prayer partners here on the side, probably this side too. If something's stirring in you, if there's something in your heart that just says, man, I don't know what that is, but it ain't indigestion. It's probably Jesus. If there's something in your heart that is, is I talked to someone who has a, a new nonprofit, they're, they're praying about going to ministry. When God does those things, let us come together. Let us pray and agree. Let us lay hands on you, love on you. Because we have people that are gonna pray, doesn't it's not a pity party. Like, People praying over you like they're blessing you. It's not, the, oh, the people who really need stuff, like, oh man, those are the only people that get prayed. Come and pray and get a blessing. Come, come receive agreement with the Lord that says, yeah, Jesus, we agree that you have your best for your children, and so this crummy circumstance, Lord, we pray for your best in that. We can do that. Or maybe it's like, life has never been better, life is on fire, and I, Lord, I just pray that you would, you'd keep me in that position. I just pray that you keep me and show me. That's what prayer's for. So we're gonna sing just a couple songs, and again, our, our team is here, and so many amazing, amazing people. And um, let's just agree together in prayer right now. Lord, we just conclude tonight, Lord, and just with a, a song of praise. Lord, let our hearts sing out to you, Lord, because you are good. Lord, you're so, so good. 
God, you're not distant. God, you don't provide any obstacles. Lord, freely with the words of our mouth, the presence of the living God inhabited our hearts. Surely, Lord, if we want to be closer, and that's our heart's desire, Lord, you're running towards us. Lord, and for those of us, Lord, that are running away, Lord, I just pray that you'd run faster, catch us. Lord, let us like notice our shoes untied. Let it slow us up something, Jesus. Lord, for those that God is in hot pursuit, Lord, we just pray that you would, would catch him. And I just feel, feel compelled that sometimes we go and take for granted that there's people among us that are, are checking out Jesus. They're, they're checking out what kind of Christianity looks like. With every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to offer an invitation to anyone who does not yet have the confidence that the living God is in them. It's not about being religious. It's not about having right behavior. Christianity and life with Jesus is not about sin management. It's not about behavior management. It's about the living God in you. And if you have not confessed with your mouth and received Jesus as Lord in your heart, I'd love to pray and agree with you. Is there anybody in here? Would you kindly slip your hand up? Is there somebody that says, I need the living God, Jesus, in my heart? Amen. Amen. Keep your hand up high. Shout it out. It's victory right here. It's victory right here. One, two, three. Anybody else? Anybody else ready to receive the power of the living God in your life right now? Slip your hand up. All right, we got to, I just want those of you guys who are around these, these people, can you just lay hands on them? Hands that are up. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands high, yeah? One, two, three, four, five. So if you're receiving Jesus right now, this is, this is cause for celebration. Those that are in the audience watching, get around and put a hand on somebody. This is family time. Our family just increased in size. We just a little devil butt kicking right there. So those who are, are there, just, I want you to, to repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I accept you into my life. I receive forgiveness of my sins. I ask Jesus you into my heart. What you did on the cross has paid for my sins and I receive the salvation. I receive eternal life with you. Nothing in me has deserved salvation. But what you did on the cross paid for all of my sin, all of my mistakes. Everything I will ever do was paid for in Jesus' name. Let's celebrate right now. It's awesome. So guess what? Each one of us, we're now responsible to every single life in here. We're responsible 
presence of the new, the kingdom presence. You feel like in here all of a sudden, new lives for, for eternity, all of us. Amen? All of us, we're, we're, we're here, we're experiencing Jesus and it's so awesome to see the Lord capture your heart. So let us worship now and let us not, let us not forget what's going on here. And so those of you who gave your life, there's some special things that I want to connect with you about. We've got to like not let you disappear. We've got to bring you in close, all right? All right. Let's worship now.